And we are live on Twitch, though no one knows it yet, so I need to let people know. We are going to talk. I'm here. Rob's here. We're going to talk about the Triple Mania that just completed just a few minutes ago. I'm also going to stall until I tweet this out again. Um, we, we just saw one of the best Triple Manias, I think, in recent memory. It was a show that had a lot of fun matches from the first start, from the dark match or the pre-show match, all the way to the main event, it was, it was, like, uh, it was a long show, but it was a really good show. It was a very, very, very long show. I feel like, I've been sitting here for, like, seven hours, although I guess it was really only, what, five and, just five, maybe? Five and about five minutes, time it has. That's not too bad, actually. It then includes the pregame pre-show, which was the first half an hour, which is nothing at all. So, I so I thought this was um, one of the better things. I'm actually on Twitch right now. It's not working. But I thought they had a lot of stuff. If anything was a problem, was that they had so much good stuff that I think the crowd got tired at times. But I think overall, it was a it was an entertaining. It was an entertaining um, broadcast. I'm just losing my train of thought here. So you talk for a couple minutes. I'll talk while you try to set up the Twitch thing and see if it works. Look yes, I thought... Oh, you said okay, well... I just told you to talk, and now I'm going to cut you off. It's very rude. Um, I'm going to say that if you are listening to the podcast, we are doing this live for the first time in a long time. We did one live very long ago. If you like what you're hearing or if you're listen to the podcast and want to support before we have a, a link to a Kofi website uh, Kofi co dot slash by dot com slash literature blog you may slash there. but you get the idea the logo is right there on the screen um, if you can send us a small donation if you appreciate what we're doing that would help us pay for stuff while we're in Monterey watching the right that's really all we're about so if you do your name will pop up while we're talking and we'll try to say things. But getting back to what I was, you were saying before I cut you off very rudely, what did you think of the show overall? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think the, I wouldn't say an excellent Triple Mania, but I would definitely say very high, high end of very good. I think the only things I would actually question from the show would probably be the match order. Because I think that, yeah, it was the length of the show really tired people out. I even talked to a couple people who were there live and said this, said the, they were super exhausted by the time the Bucks match at the ring. And if you were one of those people who were early to the building, which is unlike most Mexican fans, you were sitting there for over five hours, well, close to six hours if you got there super early. It was a long night. It was a long night. Um, I think the crowd kind of seemed like they peaked with the L.A. Park. Very surprised appearance, except if you were Pagano. Otherwise, you can see the emotion was a little bit less at, at the... All, the AEW Elite versus the Lucha Brothers Lario Kid match, not that the reaction should be, but by that main event, they were very much into it. Yeah, I think they went the right route with the main event. I don't think a slow match would have worked, so they just went for it right away, and they got the, the blood and the hammer, but I'm sure we'll get to that. I guess we want to go in order, starting at the beginning. Yeah, so as I figure out why my mic is so quiet, our opener was, okay, you remember the size. I remember the people, but I don't remember the size. Well, how about before we do the opener, I listened to it in Spanish. Did you listen to any of the English? I had, actually, at times, I had both the Spanish and the English going. So I did not listen to the whole show. What actually happened is when I, when I turned off, when I was, would hear promos, I would turn off the English sound to just concentrate in the Spanish one. And I forgot to turn it back on at the L.A. Park show, uh, promo. So I was off English for quite a while. But I heard lots of it. Um, well, I thought that. Well, hold, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta, we gotta start with the big news that everybody wants to know. Is it true that you and Matt Stryker are friends? I do not believe so. I think what the case was that he was trying to re- reference Lucha Central, who should get some credit. If you like the broadcast, you should thank them a bit because I think they had a, uh, a big hand in trying to get those guys to where they need to be. I think you should also give credit to the, whoever decided that Vampira would just do a run-in and elimination in the Copa Triple Mania rather than be out there for four hours, because that would have been a bad time for him. Yes, for sure. And I thought the Spanish announcers did their usual great job. 
yeah, I thought they, they kept up the excitement through the night. I thought um, for a very long show they were into it. I think from what I heard from the English art progress, I think they had a lot better handle on the facts and the identities of people than they've had in years past. I think Shriker, as Shriker does, is starts getting distracted and not as into it as the longer the broadcast goes. And I'm sure it is very hard to do a four-hour broadcast. That's why I know people ask, why don't we do um, what, why haven't, why didn't we try co-streaming this or something? And I cannot imagine talking there for four hours about a wrestling show. It was hard enough to come up with stupid tweets to put on Twitter. I mean, I can't imagine keeping my energy up just talking about it. Um, I, but I think I, I, I think that that he's not great for the role. But I think maybe if we've seen we've got one good guy in there, maybe we'll have a transition and put a second good person in there eventually. Yeah, I don't think Matt Stryker is going to be getting called back to WWE anytime soon if he can't handle shows of this length. No. I, I, and the other thing is, Stryker's there. It seems like he's there because he's Vampiro's friend. And if Vampiro's not doing it anymore, I'm not really sure that Stryker has a great importance in there. But he's also it's also evident that AAA doesn't have a great call list for these people. So it would take someone else being suggested for that spot probably for it to get there. Yep. Okay, so starting with the opener, which would be the pre-show match that we found out about, I think, via a Hugo podcast the other day with Kodan. It was Aramis, Ares, and Astrolux against Iron Kid, Toxin, and Dragon Bane. And I will let you go first with your comments. Yeah, I thought this was great. I thought the first... I was not sure. Thanks to somebody for a donation, by the way. I... I was not sure it was going to be great early on because we saw Aramis and Dragon Bees start that match, and they were just way off in that match. They were, they weren't like they, they seemed nervous in the first few minutes. And last year, that opening match only got like six, eight minutes. So I thought if they were that off early, they weren't going to have enough time to come back with. But they gave them plenty of time, and they picked it up after that first set spots to really nail some cool stuff. Yeah, I agree. I thought the nerves got to them, but they recovered. And I thought as the match kept progressing, things kept getting better and better as everybody got more comfortable. I'm usually really down on Arcangel Divino because I think that he really only works well when Ultimo Baldito, his brother's around there. But aside from one blown spot, he was pretty good in this match. I thought the standouts were Aramis, of course, Ares, of course. Actually looked really good in this match. He was the smaller guy, and based on Twitter feedback, I think he really stood out to the viewers whose time, just because tiny guy doing all the flips is, of course, going to get noticed. I thought the match was worked with a lot of creative stuff. Dragon Bane getting the 630 over Ares was kind of surprising, because I thought for sure they were going to do the, the usual Arcangel Divino finish with the high-speed La Mystica that he but no complaints. Everybody got it. Everybody. It's on the stream. The Aramis double torture rack powerbomb. I thought that was one of the cool moves of the match. The Spanish fly spot, too, really worked well. I think they did a good job of trying to give everyone the big moment in that match. Um, it was going to be tough for that match to stand out because there was going to be so many spot fests, but I think there were so many memorable stuff that you do not see elsewhere that I think that's going to help that match be worth watching later on. Yeah, and I think I agree most with the tweet that Voices of Wrestling sent out that every show needs an opener like this. Like, I mean, we watch CMLL so much. Like, some of us four times a week. Some of us, thankfully, only once or twice. But... Can you imagine how good CMLL shows would be if they would take the handcuffs off and put guys like this out in the opener match? I think this this is this is one of the things that this is the charm I want to say of AAA. This is one of the reasons company they just send out these guys. If you're you only watch it once a year, this is usually the type of quality. Of Open up a show. Yeah. Versus Rana's in that first half hour. As long as you get past the part where you're talking, that first half hour of the actual show has been great all year, and it was great again last night. Um. Oh, so I guess I'm messing up the audio by doing that. 
So I should stop doing that. Let's go back to the other screen. Um, someone mentioned in the chat room that they did never pro promote the Madison Square Garden show on the English feed all night, which is just incredible. Because one of the things we talked about coming into it is this show need to be a springboard to promote those U.S. shows. And much later, it seemed like maybe they were setting up things for the show, but I can't believe... I do not remember hearing them mention it once while I was there. So, um... Nothing it, on it, the Spanish feed either? No, yeah, nothing on the Spanish feed either. So that maybe that's a bad sign for how things are going. I mean, but, I don't know, but you would think that they would have said something, and this would have been the time, because... According to the numbers, this was like their biggest turnout yet for a stream. Yeah, this was easily the biggest on Spanish and English. So um, they did mention AEW show, but they did not mention that. Do you have anything else you want to call out about that opener match? No, not really. Hope that these guys get more bookings on TV going forward. Uh, I hope that maybe this is like the new thing in the wrestling business that somebody will have seen their work and maybe they'll get stolen before AAA has a chance to make them stars. It could happen. I know Conan is talking about trying to focus on new guys after Triple Mania. They seem like the guys they might be focused on, but we'll have to see if they actually happen. Um, the second match ha was the mixed tag match, including with Big Mommy and Nino Hamburgaser finally losing the mixed tag team titles when... Larry Maravilla had been playing the long game all for this moment where she could finally follow Nino Hamburguesa and roll him up for the win in a confusing finish. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm not sure if someone was supposed to break up the other pin, because it was just a weird situation where Toronto's paid attention to one pin and not the other pin. And there was no really reason for that except Toronto's was kind of is, is evil. But Toronto's really didn't do much heel stuff. He did a lot of pay attention to himself, but he otherwise didn't really play a character on this show. But um, what did you think of how this match went? I thought it was, I mean, we were never going to get a clean match with four teams that rarely work with each other and the guys and the girls mixing together. But for for what it was, I thought it was really good. I thought Suicide, suicide and Vanilla bo both stepped up, especially Suicide. I'm constantly trolling his ass on Instagram when he posts his training videos from Ultimo Guerrero's gym where he's doing all this cool shit and then he goes on TV and does none of it. But tonight he went all out that the bouncing off the rope spot was crazy and then the one where he did the to the floor, the moonsault into the senton. At one point he broke up a pinfall with a 630 cent. Like there's got to be a, a, an easier way to do that, but I digress. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the story was pretty good. I would ask you why why Lady Maravilla, she's had like three title shots on non-TV shows, why she wouldn't just do this in Pachuca, for example, on the house show and steal the title, but that would just be me trolling. Clearly, her plan was to do this at Triple Mania, embarrass the new hamburguesa in front of everybody and steal the title. Yeah, but I know, thought, she had a, a long-term plan. She wanted, to, she wanted to get on the big stage and she wanted to break up the team, but that, that part did not work. Right, but I mean, Big Mommy doing her, she almost did a moonsault onto everybody. That was pretty crazy. So I thought she had a really good performance. I think Sammy kind of took a backseat in this match because usually Sammy's doing all the spots. And I can barely remember him doing much in this match. He, uh, But he was fine. Him and Scarlett, they were there. Uh, who's Oh, Viano 3 Jr., he didn't kill himself. He did. He had this one bump where I remember he like took, took it right on his head off the second rope. That was kind of scary, but... Otherwise, I thought he was pretty toned down compared to usual. And I'm glad that the storyline finally progressed. I'm glad that we're moving on. Hopefully now Nino Hamburguesa sees that he was being used all this time. And now he's going to have a path to redemption and hopefully take back the titles from Lady Maravilla and score a point for all men around the world. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's found out that he got betrayed by a woman. So that's going to be a hard lesson. It, maybe, uh, we've seen in AAA before when you get broken with a woman, maybe you sometimes you bounce back and sometimes you end up with a men into mental hospital like Billy Boy. So hopefully it'll go better for Nino Hamburguesa. Um, yeah, I thought Villano 3 was really toned down compared to what he usually does and way in the background. Suicide did had a lot of stuff he was breaking on that match. And I think um, Sammy and Scarlett did good in the opportunities they had. They were still kind of an odd fit for that match because they just feel like they didn't belong as a team. Not that they were bad as a team, but they were just kind of they didn't belong in that storyline match at all, but I thought they made the most of that opportunity. Yeah, and just to address, Mike Sepervivi left a comment for us on Twitter. Yes, it might be promotional malpractice to not address the MSG show, 
But even if they would have plugged anything for the MSG show, nobody believes anything AAA advertises as it is. Yeah, I think it was it was been, it was bad to not to to mention it at all. But I think I think that less is they were doing a bad promotional job, and more is that we got to wonder if that if I need to wait to buy flight tickets to that show because if that's still happening and they didn't advertise it, something's very wrong. But I think that means that they're. I think that it's a good chance that we get a quiet announcement in the next couple of days that it's not happening. Um, save your money. Save your money for Bola. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going with you to the anniversary show now, or maybe I'll go to Bola. Yeah, you guys were bugging me to go to Bola last week. I have to think about this now if what I'm going to do. So they better they better make an announcement soon so I can make an announcement of what I'm going to do. The the next match was the Golden Magic Heel del Vikingo Mysticis. Versus Kurt Brava, Mocha Kota, Tito Santana versus Mamba, Maximo Pipinella Scarlata. Um, that's a lot of names. The situation they end up was that the belts were vacated after all, but the champion still had the belt. So it's like something very important if you run a title history or a lucha wiki to know the details, but didn't matter at all in any other way. Um, Golden Magic ends up being a trio champion for real. Not because he did anything, but because Vikingo got the pin instead. I thought it was another match that over-delivered. You got to see big match Maximo, where he goes all out in ways that you do not see him in most tapings. Mamba and Pimpinella are sometimes weak links on that team, but I thought they did. They were positive whenever they were involved. Um, Porto del Norte is still a great Rudo team. Enjoyed the chair usage. And this was, even though this was not the high-profile match we won for Vikingo, this was still Vikingo doing all his big spots in front of a big crowd and getting over a lot. He stood up, even with the crazy match, just a couple matches before with all the young guys, he stood, I think, a level above them when, they, when it was over. Oh, man, I don't even know where to begin with this match. This match was crazy. The people who I talked to live in the building said that this was their match of the night. Uh, from from a point of actual in-ring work, not from the drama, because the drama was obviously the main event. But this was exactly the performance Vikingo needed on a major show, the one that I was hoping he would deliver at Verano de Scandalo. Tonight, he just killed it. That head scissors off the Carreta spot, absolutely incredible, such a great visual. I already saw that gif was going everywhere. Mysticis Jr. delivered. Sometimes he can be very iffy. I credit a lot to the Rudos. I think that this Rudo group is just absolutely tremendous. And I love reminding people how Tito Santana has basically been with this company for almost 15 years now. Mocho Cota Jr. for about the same time. Carta Brava Jr. came a little later, but he was part... He and the Golden Magic came from this IWRG school. I mentioned this on Twitter. They were like the standouts from 2009 to 2011. And here they are in AAA killing it the exoticos were the they were the ones i was really worried about ruining this match and i actually sent you a message in the first couple minutes of the match where i said i'm very worried that the technicals are getting in all their big spots early and the exoticos are staying out of the way and you wrote back you should be worried and we both agreed that they're probably taking the titles here thankfully we were wrong yeah thankfully they went with the they they keep running with the like kingo trio i think that's a good use for them right now um, we can say, because um, we heard this last week, that Vikingo does did get his visa to work those AAA shows, so he should be featured on those if those are still on. But um, I think that was a big thing that I was worried about going into the show, and so Vikingo having good performance to set him up on those shows would have been a good time, but if we don't know if those shows are still happening, I guess that's an issue. But it does sound like AAA in some ways is working, knows that Vikingo is a big deal, based on what they said in this match, what they set up in this match and what they're trying to do with him going forward. I don't know what the next step is, but for right now, keeping this trio going seems like a good idea. Wow, look at you breaking the news. But yes, that's exactly what I've heard too. And I will say, I have to note that this match, this match had multiple dive sequences, including some of the crazy... How often do you see a match where somebody does a shooting star press sent on to the floor onto everybody, and like 10 minutes later, you see somebody do a moonsault, double try for a double moonsault, end up as a moonsault sent on onto everybody? I don't, I don't know since the days of Jack Evans in ROH circa 2006 or so. I would have seen something crazy like that. And then you have Maximo busting out the moonsault. You had the Doomsday Tope through a board. Like, legitimately, I'm going to end up placing this really high on my best matches in Mexico so far this year. I think the right result, the fans threw money afterwards. 
this was an absolute home run for me. Yeah, I, I think this has continued the good run of matches to start off the card. I think it can, it, we, we had hopes for the other two matches, but I think this is more surprise that they did well. Um, that was followed by the Copa Triple Mania, which was as random as usual. This year, unlike other years, it was over-the-top eliminations, which I guess saved some people from getting pinned, but that led to a lot of people seemingly eliminated when they were cutting showing someplace else. It was a hard match to follow, but it was also useful in that they tried to make up for not doing some of those feuds that they had built up this year by having them be points of emphasis in the match. We got Aerostar and Monster Clown fighting. We got, what was the other, we got, what was the Pagano and Chessman. Pagano and Chessman was the other big one that they did in that match. And of course, we got the Vampiro-Conan moment where Conan came in the match, did a little bit, sat on the corner, sat on the turnbuckle. Vampiro was two people out later, beat up people, drew Conan out, and then left the match off screen without being eliminated. Um, that seemed to be the make good for Vampiro not announcing, which I guess like Vampiro putting himself over is probably better in a five-minute burst than in a four-hour burst, so that works well for us. Um, I thought the match was fine. I thought, but and it had some moments, but it was not something that I would never need to go back and see again. Yeah, and I'm totally calling it right now that Vamp's going to just claim he was working everybody, trying to hide the secret that he was going to be in this match by claiming he was doing commentary. He's full of shit like usual. He absolutely wanted to do commentary and thought he was doing commentary. But this oh, was yeah. a nice way to... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. nobody should argue with that. Do not believe Vamp when he starts claiming this stuff. But uh, he's going to... Or I thought that at least, you know, they, they kept it to a minimum... The stuff like it was really weird to see Conan in this match just because we didn't even mention, but he came out and he cut a promo in between the first and second match. And I'm not even sure what the purpose of that promo was because I think it would have been even more of a surprise if his first appearance was just his music hitting and him coming out in this match. But it was weird because he had to get help just coming down the stage after the promo. So I guess this time they learned and they just had him walk out through the side of the ramp. But it was strange to see people selling for him after seeing him having a tough time coming down the ramp. I hope he gets to do a retirement match at some point. But the way he's moving, I would hope that he would be as heavily protected as like Cain Velasquez was in his match later on. Yeah, it's got to be a trio situation. It's got to be where he gets a few spots in. But I think asking him to... He can get exposed or he can get himself hurt if he does too much at this point. If he's having that much stuff, much trouble just walking the stairs. But I, I, I think they have some good sense about how they use him. They use him smartly here, where, where he just stayed out of the way a lot until he got eliminated and he wasn't in too long. Yeah, um, and they, had a mur- they had a murderer's row of Rudos out there to take bumps for Vampiro when he got in there. It was, it was really weird because I never saw him got eliminated. I was busy either tweeting, looking down for a sec, I look up and he's gone. And I thought, oh, did he and Conan both go out at the same time? But I guess he really did just walk off Vamp continuing to put over the young guys. Yeah. I think... Okay, so the one thing I wanted to ask you about is your good friend, Aerostar. How did you feel about his entrance into this match? Well, I had a talk with Aerostar literally yesterday and told him not to jump off something high. And he <laughs> promised me he wouldn't, so of course he did. But the the thing I will say is at least it looked safe. He was jumping off a platform that was being lowered. It was a very steady platform. It's not like he was trying to balance himself. The landing did look like he came up slightly short and could have landed badly on his leg. He survived it. He ended up, the funniest thing for me is, you know, I talk about all this stuff about Aerostar really only cares about jumping off high things. He's no different than a backyard wrestler. And then he goes and gets eliminated basically off camera. It was while an entrance was going on and they were doing a long shot. So you really had to be paying attention to see him go. And I really wish he would change that about himself. He really needs to focus. Like, how can I take his feud seriously? If the only thing he cares about is getting in his jump off something big. So that's my only complaint. Otherwise, go ahead. They at least did show some good emotion when he fought Monster Clown later. They tried to make that more serious. But I think they really wanted to have that spectacular entrance like the lady i mean, I think yeah i'm thinking of the lady gaga entrance from the super bowl halftime show that's what they kind of went for there and i think they almost pulled it off yeah the landing, and other than, the landing could have been a little bit better 
Just a little. Otherwise, I mean, I don't remember all the entrances. I know that Daga was playing the role of guy who starts at the beginning and has a long run, although it's not like he was focused on or anything like that. They had, they had a, as who took the, oh, Superfly took a crazy bump when he took the Salida out of the ring. Puma King did some cool stuff. The Super Frankensteiner was really nice that he busted out. Reyes Scorpion just getting eliminated randomly. Like I thought for sure he would be in the final two, but he went out third. He got his shine later when he ended up doing the run in anyways. And then Pagano winning was no surprise. I guess the real other storyline that come out of this was David the Clown coming out with balloons to distract La Parca. I have no idea where that's going because that would be a terrible match to do. But I'm guessing just like they had to pacify Vampiro, they had to pacify La Parca. See, you don't follow, this is not the La Perca feud we should be talking about this match, but you don't follow La Perca on Twitter because you don't know that La Perca regularly ethers Dave the Clown on Twitter and just makes fun of him. So, makes fun of the entire idea that they would be feuding. So, I think this was just something to get La Perca eliminated and pretend that they're continuing that issue that they have no real interest in doing even more, even less than La Perca does. But I don't think there's anything coming out of it. It saved us seeing Dave the Clown in a match, and I think Dave the Clown holding balloons is a better idea. Um, so, we, were you surprised to see LA Park back again, or is this LA Park being LA Park and you're never surprised by what he does? Holy shit, you know, I totally forgot that this was the match where LA Park came back. <laughs> That's how long this show was. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, that was a I thought that was a fantastic appearance the way they did it. Usually, AAA can be really sloppy when it comes to pulling off surprises like this. Either the lights don't go off, the music gets too early, whatever the case may be. This time it all worked. They had the right camera that when the lights came on, they were focusing exactly where they needed to be. The attack was good. The post match mic work was good. I actually I'm not a big fan of Pagano as most people know, but him and La Park is actually a good feud to do. The L.A. Park is perfect to play off Pagano's strengths, whatever the few that they may be. And it was a good reappearance for L.A. Park. I, You know, considering how he does whatever he wants, I still can't even rule out that he could go back and work some matches in CMLL because he was working Triple Mania last year and they had no problem continuing to use him. And this is not setting up any... This is setting up him maybe on TV, but I don't see why this would be an issue for him coming back to CMLL if they need to pop a gate and bring him back. Uh the TV may be the one interesting thing because the situ- CML was not back on Televisa last year, and now they're on opposite network, so they, it may be tougher for someone to cross over. That's true. At least now we get to see what AAA will do now that they have two LA, two sons of LA Park that they need to book on shows when he's around. I'm guessing they could just do the Wagners versus Parks feud to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Ellie Park has had a busy night because after getting starting this feud with Pagano, he wandered upon Kane Velasquez and Psycho Clown backstage for a bit to challenge them to a match too, which I don't think is actually happening. I think LA, that's Ellie Park knowing where the attention is and trying to go there, but that's very amusing that he did that. LA Park would be a good get if the MSG and LA Forum shows are happening. I think you need someone like that. Excuse me, yeah. on those shows, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see AAA trusting him enough to put him anywhere near Kane, considering how they protected Kane tonight. Yeah, I think that was one of the bigger successes tonight. We'll get to that one in a second. In between those matches was the TLC match with Taya, Tessa Blanchard, Fabi Apache, Lei Shinai, Chick Tormenta, La Hidra, and Ayoko Hamada replacing Kira. Um, we had some hints that Kira might have been out of the match. But based on the way she was posting on Instagram. And as soon as Ayaka Hamada showed up in the Conan book Pro Wrestling Mexico show with all the other indie people who work in AAA, it was fairly obvious she was going to be back in AAA pretty soon. This may have been just like a taping or two earlier than was originally planned. Um, I thought, but I don't, she had did some cool stuff in the match. She did the moonsault to the floor, but it was a match where I thought either because the LA Park segment had just happened and it took the air out of the room, or because it was not working well together. It did, I didn't think it was as great as it was more hectic and it didn't really come together as it should have. Yeah, I think I wrote on Twitter this was actually, this was either going to be a total cluster with people dying or just a mild disaster. And it ended up being a mild disaster just because of what happened to Cheek Tormenta. 
but it, there was a lot of standing around, setting up stuff. It didn't really flow well. I don't remember La Hedra doing anything, to be quite honest, in the match. She just showed up. Tessa. She did, she did take the bump onto the thumbtacks at one point. But it wasn't even a bump on the like. Bump. She took a suplex and then rolled onto the thumbtacks. <laughs> she took the it bump was very in the vicinity of the thumbtacks. Not quite on them, but near them. Come on, man. If, if you're going to do something like this, fucking commit or just don't do it at all. But the uh, the Tessa, her gimmick in AAA, unless I'm wrong, maybe somebody will correct me, seems to be show up, do nothing, and win. Yeah, that was not – this is what we saw in August Calientes in a much low-profile situation where she was involved in the match but not in a – big way and they put her over in the end because everyone thinks Tessa is a huge star and they book her like one and I'm not sure this is one of those decisions that I'm not sure was in the best interest for AAA but if this is one of the things that excuse me because if Tessa is going to work the AAA US shows maybe there's some more value there if those AAA USA shows aren't happening then I'm not really sure that they need to be in a hurry to give Tessa the belt I think it also says that no matter what was happening with Kira, that she was probably that Tessa was probably walking away with the belt either way. This wasn't a last minute decision, but but because they wouldn't do it with a foreigner, they would kind of have that planned out ahead of time. But I think that's just the way it is with with how people see her. Yeah, I felt bad for Kira. I mean, she literally just won the title and now it's gone. Hopefully, the knee injury is not bad enough that she's going to need surgery or anything. But clearly, she's going to be out of the ring for a little while longer. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, you know, the match was what it was. I thought Taya, was st- Taya stood out as being pretty great in the match. She was the glue that kept everything. She was the only one who showed emotion, actually, I thought, in the match. Like, she actually wanted to win the title and was into what she was doing. And, of course, Chica Tormenta was another good one, but then she had that unfortunate bump where she got pushed off the top over the ring post to flip onto a ladder bridge. She missed the ladder bridge. It, I think it looked worse than it actually was. I'm pretty sure she'll, she's going to be fine. I haven't heard anything officially, but I've seen her take crazier bumps than that, and I'm pretty sure she'll be okay. She seemed like she was talking and moving fine afterwards, but I'm pretty sure either way, if she wouldn't have, if she would have just went through the ladder bridge, I think they would have done the same thing by just taking her out of the match. Yeah, I, I think she that was probably her ending the spot. I think it might have just been that the the wind was knocked out of her and that she was checked on, but that's what kind of what I'm hoping for. So, um, and Hey, this sets up, our, this sets up our trip, right? We're going to see a Yako Amato versus Cheek Tormenta in three weeks. Yeah. That, that happened to be the women's match already announced for the right show in Monterey. Is that the first night or is that the second, second night, right? That is the second night. Yes. So I, I that should be a good match as long as she's in one piece then that should be a good time. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say about the match, and I'm blanking on it right now. I thought it was interesting how they made... Bobby got in Tessa's face as if that was supposed to be a match, and then Taya got there, and I was wondering if maybe just Bobby pulled in L.A. Park and inserted herself in the storyline by spitting at Tessa just to make sure she was still re- relevant. But she's kind of been pushed to the side of late. I figured that was just Fabi doing Fabi things. It really looked like they're going to go with Tess and Taya. Yeah, I think so too. Which I'm not sure is going to be completely. I don't think Taya's. I don't think Tessa's got over in a huge way yet, even though she wins all her matches. So, but I don't think that's a big deal for them either way. What was I also, I also? I also think they're dreaming if they think that Tessa's dropping that title cleanly. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be another multi-woman situation. And someone else getting pinned. The the probably the match with the most most attention on the show was the Kane Velasquez Cody Rhodes Psycho Clown match versus Killer Claus George and Tejano Jr. This was one of those times where Triple A has a mystery person, and it's a mystery why it's a mystery because everyone thought it was going <laughs> to be crossed. Um, uh, he did. I think Kane Velasquez did everything they wanted him to do in that match. Wanted to get out of that match. He looked, He did cool lucha moves with Torres. He slapped and punched people around. He did a cool. He did a MMA submission at the end. It was a complete star performance for him. There are th- some things that can obviously be fixed, and I did thought it was silly for him to be announced as Kane Velasquez and then wear a mask like he's someone else. Um, that's it feels like not quite getting the whole lucha libre thing. 
But as for what he wanted to get out of that experience or what AAA wanted to get out of him, it seemed like a great deal. It also seemed like um, that Kane, that it was a setup for more for Kane Velasquez was they put him over so strong as the biggest star of that match. I don't know why everybody's talking about this Kane guy. This was the Black Taurus show. <laughs> not only did he, not only did he steal the show, he got the Dave Meltzer stamp of approval afterwards. This guy's going to be on AEW on October second on TV. I guarantee it. I would. I hope you're right. I. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure that everyone saw. Everyone realized. Maybe it was even too loud about it on Twitter. But I was trying to point out that Taurus was a big part to Velasquez doing stuff. It was like in the first Lucha Underground matches where everyone thought Sexy Star was this amazing worker, and she just happened to be working with Pentagon literally carrying her through moves that I think that people may take a while to still figure out that Torres had a big part in some of the flashy stuff that Velasquez was doing. And that was no big coincidence that the only time he did that stuff was when he was in there with Torres. Yeah, it certainly explains why, I mean, you would look at this and think that this would be Reyes Scorpion in Tejano. And it's not that Reyes Scorpion's a bad base or anything. He's a great base, but they clearly had more trust in Torres going out there and doing his thing. And I think Torres was also, I think, I've heard at least that Cody is very comfortable working with Taurus. So that's very good for him because Cody is a very powerful person in wrestling right now. But yeah, Kane, this was exactly, I think my first thing about the match I didn't like was Psycho Clown coming up first. I think that Psycho should have even been after Kane, I think, or at least they should have came out together. I don't know how Cody got that second entrance, but it was just another example of, you know, if AEW wants something, it seems like AAA is more than happy to give it to them. They're definitely the dominant ones in this relationship. And then uh, yeah. Cody didn't do much. Cody kind of took a back seat in the match, I thought. I, I think Cody tried to do a few things early on. He had the long, stalling suplex. But yeah, it was not. It was so much about Kane that I thought that I thought everyone else faded in the background. Psycho knows how to do his spots, but it was not even as much of his matches as others. Like you were looking for the slap everyone with the belt spot, and they never got around to do that. So. Um, I think it's one of the cases where I think they did a good job of not going too long with the match. Every, most of the undercard was between 10 and 15 minutes, and that was a good idea to keep the card from going too long. But there was more that they could have done that they did not do because they were going shorter than you would have expected. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was done well. They did, It was basically the match for the photo ops afterwards, which is fine, I understand. For a celebrity appearance... This accomplished everything. Very good. Got all the press. Couldn't have gone better. I had a couple. I had a couple of laughs afterwards when they took their photo up and Cody was ready to take off and Psycho's like, "Oh no, no, no!" and pulled him back and dragged him all over to Maricela to get the picture. Yeah, because a lot of this was about the press attention around the match. They were probably very happy to get the good match too, but they wanted to be associated with Kane Velasquez and be associated with a and be have this positive international attention on them. So I think even Kane says he's working two more shows. Again, thought that would be the New York and LA shows, but it's odd that AAA didn't promote those shows if those are going to happen. So maybe there are other shows, and we just got confused about that because Kane hasn't specifically said it's those shows. But if this is the one and done, it would be kind of weird that they put him over so strong, but I think they got what they wanted out of it. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I don't want to let my buddy Dan down by pointing out that Killer Cross is the mystery guy. Really kind of a letdown with the way they built it up. He didn't do much in the match, except from we see that he's growing his hair now. Maybe he realized to exist in Mexico and you don't have a mask, you should probably have hair so that they can build you to do something. And the post-match attack with Rey Scorpion attacking Psycho Clown, I guess that's a real feud now because... I mean, they've been feuding during matches, but we never knew it was a real feud. I think the fact that at Triple Mania they had him pull the mask means Rey Scorpion's due to go bald at some point soon. I go. You know, Cross made a point of yelling at Kane after a match, and I don't know if that fits along the Fabio Apache trying to start something, or if they're going to actually do a Kane Cross match at some point, or if that's one of the ideas for for the other matches. But I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um. I think, yeah. Well, I keep thinking that Psycho Scorpion's being saved for some show down the line, either in October or December. But I also think it's one that AAA is just not, thinks they have in their back pocket and they can get to it whenever. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I could uh, see I could see it at Heroes Immortalis or even the Garrett the Titanus at the end of the year. Uh, people are putting out in the chat room the the required username, which is a great username, is pointing out that one of the strengths of AAA is that they have a lot of veterans who are more than willing to bump for the technicals and put people over, and or just everyone on the roster is willing to bump. And that was worth, and I think that made a big deal in this match because you had people you could have had in other rosters at other times, you have had people maybe not as willing to work with Kane, but even besides Torres spacing for Kane spots, you had Cross and Kane and Torres all being very afraid of even getting in the ring with him. They put him over every way they could think of, and they were, even though they, they were professional in a point where it really helped for people to be professional. Yes, definitely. That is one thing that I see missing from CMLL these days with their the group of Rudos that they have up and down the roster, whether you go from opener to main event, nobody, none of those Rudos are willing to show ass, as they say, and they always want to be on the offense. They'll take a spot or two, but they will never show that they're afraid. I think even a guy like Ultimo Guerrero right now in his suit with Cybernetico is suffering from it. The, they seem to be building that up for the anniversary, and at no point does it look like Ultimo Guerrero is even considering Cybernetico as a threat. He always loses via flukes. He's not bumping to make his spots look good. Actually, Cyber's the one taking the bumps in the feud, if you can believe it. That's why I think this the whole dynamic of that feud is not clicking at all. Whereas here, this is how you make a guy. This is how you make technicals, by the Rudos acting like they're afraid and selling big for their moves. So, yes, I think that's definitely a very valid point. The following match was a lot of people selling, though. I don't know if it worked as well as it was intended to be. Uh, Phoenix, Penta, and Laredo Kid versus Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega, the Elite. I think this was a match that, of all the matches, uh, the reaction on Twitter was the hardest, too. I think there's a exhaustion to the Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks match, I Young Bucks feud. I think also that the Kenny Omega had some good moments, but this was not a great Kenny Omega performance or an inspired one. And I think for, at least for my part, it was kind of disappointing that Raider Kid was still in the extra man role where this was a, would have been a good time to break him out into a bigger spot. Yeah, looking up and down the show, I wouldn't say for match quality this was the worst match on the show. I would just say this was probably the most disappointing out of all the matches on the show. Even a little more disappointing than Copa Triple Mania, if you ask me. Just because... I don't know why. I, I love Keddy and the Bucks. I am not one of those insane fuckers on Twitter who just, for some reason, anything these guys do, they jump on them. I think these guys are great. I just don't understand why they don't want to play old school heels. Like, that's what works in Mexico. You could get so much out of just doing the old school stuff, and you can still do your moves once in a while. But the way they do, the, like this match right here, I mean, you could have put it on the Fighter Fest show and it would have gone over big. But in Mexico, it's just not working for me, especially when you see like the Bucks, who are really smart workers, just randomly doing their double tombstone for a near fall. You could get so much heat by just teasing the tombstone on Phoenix and the crowd would be screaming and he keeps getting saved. I don't know why, why they insist on going this route. It really felt to me, watching this, that this match was just so they could put together clips for the AEW, whether it's Road to All Out or Being the Elite. That's where that's where we're going to end up seeing this stuff put together to make for a good short video of highlights. But as for a match for the live crowd, I thought that it was really uh, not fair to the people who paid tickets. I think they wanted to see something completely different. See, the, the weird thing, though, was that if this was a match for the AEW crowd, Maybe I was not following the right people, but the people who they they seem to normally try to appeal to with the AEW crowd seem less into this match than normal. It was it was not a as great a selling point for the the ladder match you're having at All Out, and I didn't seem it didn't seem like everyone was particularly excited when they announced Omega versus Phoenix at some point, which was very confusing because at one point it sounded like they were going to do it in the U.S. first and then come back in Mexico, and then Omega later said that we'll do it in Mexico, or Phoenix said they'll do it in Mexico. So I don't know where it's happening or when it's happening, but I do know that it was not it was supposed to be a big deal and did not come off like the big deal it was supposed to be. And you could say that for the entire match. 
Yeah, I mean, before I get to that, just my rest of the comments on the match, I was, just like you said earlier, I was very disappointed when Loretto Kid hit that 450 on Kenny. That was the finish right there. Loretto should have 100% pinned Kenny. But I do live in reality. I do understand Kenny has not taken the loss to Loretto Kid. I do think that Penta pinning, I think it was Matt, is just another example of this was booked for AEW to advance AEW and AAA. Whatever AAA wants is taking the backseat for now to AEW. Uh, the finishing sequence was good. I noticed on the triple dive that they did earlier in the match, Phoenix and Penta, if you rewatch, they purposely switch spots so that Phoenix is not doing the dive to where Maricela is usually sitting. I thought that was really funny. And they were definitely, I could see when you point out that the AEW people on Twitter weren't into the match because it wasn't the usual Bucks and Kenny crazy performance. I think that, it, I wouldn't say it was mailed in. I would just say that they did the mer- bare minimum to get by doing what they needed to do. And I honestly, I would equally say that for the Lucha Brothers. I, I've seen the Lucha Brothers work much harder than this on random AEW shows, for example. Yeah, I, I think for both their sakes, it really needs that. That the that the all out ladder match was the last time we see these guys together for like a year. So I think they either they're they face each other too often that they're comfortable or they're bored or whatever. But I think it'd be good for everyone to kind of go in different directions going forward. I think you pointed this out earlier too that it was probably not a great idea to have this match go second from the top because no. the the Kane Velasquez Psycho Clown match was a lot bigger deal. It was seemed like a bigger deal to the crowd as well. And I, I, I think it, this kind of almost came off as a weird buffer match between between that match and the main event. Absolutely. After four and a half hours and you sent or four hours at least and you send these guys out there and the crowd at that point, they saw Kane, they were happy. All they wanted to do was see the big main event. And then these guys go out there. Not only do they have the match that the crowd doesn't want to see. Then you have the mic work in English. Again, totally designed for AEW. That totally AAA, like, fuck you to their own live audience that paid high prices for tickets. And I do not think that, I don't know, I have my serious doubts that Kenny and Phoenix is actually happening. I mean, time will tell. We still got, we have the whole month to figure out the Phoenix and Penta contract situation with Lucha Underground, which you have alluded to. But... I would be, if you had me bet on it, I would bet against Phoenix and Kenny actually happening. And out of this match, the match I want to see is Kenny versus Loretto Kid. Yeah, but they really didn't build that at all. I, I think it was disappointing that they had Loretto's kids, big moves kicked out of or broken up for bands that was like, it, it was not as focused on as it should be if they're going to do that match. So I don't think we're going to get to see that match. I don't think it's a match that they even considered that they're doing anytime soon. And I take it that this was around the point where Matt Stryker was losing his mind as we headed into the main event. There were other points. I think that last hour or so. I mean, Matt Stryker has been told many times that when he shouts out people on commentary, it doesn't really help the commentary at all. And Matt Stryker is just willing to keep on doing what he's doing. So there's nothing really. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna find him in an airport and I'm gonna fight him. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that was suggested by him. Yeah. So that leaves our main event where we have Blue Demon and Dr. Wagner on lifts facing each other as a video rolled by. And when we had a mass of doctors, I don't even know what you call Do you call it the murder of doctors? That probably doesn't seem correct. But we had plenty of doctors and we had one Blue Demon. We really could have used more Blue Demons. I know the theory at the press conference was that the Blue Demon Jr. Jr., the son that was shown, was may not actually be Blue Demon's actual son. It might have been someone in there, but this would have been a really good time to insert someone better trained as Blue Demon Jr.'s son, as they had him doing way too many spots for a guy who was not really trained and was not really, obviously did not seem comfortable with what he was doing. But in the long run, I don't think that mattered because they blood so much. Everyone's going to be talking about the blood, the hammer, and the brick at the end. Oh, for sure. This was a total spectacle. As a match, just the shit. But as a spectacle, this is what you want your major show main event to be. This is actually exactly what Ultimo Guerrero and Cibernetico should be. But, of course, you know, you're not going to see this in CMLL. Thankfully, AAA exists. I was very surprised to read that they edited out the hammer shots on the Astica TV version. 
because I figured AAA would at least have cleared it with them. I can't imagine AAA would have wanted them to censor it. They probably would have figured out something else to do. But the whole hammering of the hand, not only was it a good visual, the crowd was screaming, they loved it. It also really added to the submission aspect because I don't think anybody buys demons submitting Wagner with anything else unless he does those hammer shots first. Yeah. It, could you name what Demon's finishing move was going into that match? I mean, I guess sometimes he does like the very sloppy scorpion deathlock while he holds the arm, but I yeah, don't think that... Go ahead. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that that's what he normally does, but that's not something that everyone, anyone sees. That's, that's like a second fall finish in a opening CML match. It's not an over move at all. So they did a good way, did a good job of making drama out of things that wouldn't normally get drama. One of my favorite things on the night on Twitter was someone, I think multiple people actually, asking you, what's the name of this move? What's the name of that move? Yeah, that's that's not how Lucha Libre works. We just we, we just don't name things. We just say that's the head scissors or that's a trickier head scissors. It's like no one thinks of branding that way. Like all the based on mass and names and such. But um, I. Wagner really put Demon over during portions of the match. He had Demon kick out the Wagner driver three times, although I think maybe it was only intended to be two and Demon Jr. <laughs> spot. Yes. Uh, he, he did not... I, he got maybe a couple near falls there at the end, but it never seemed like he was robbed, completely robbed from the victory. I guess maybe you could argue that, because Demon fall off the reference. I thought Wagner did a, as good a job making Demon as possible, and it was one of his better performance in quite a while. I thought so too. Yeah, the the blood. I mean, if blood's not for you, then of course you're going to hate this match. But the blood was the key to this match. They, the the only complaint I think I would really have is just that that finish was so goddamn sloppy. I really wish they they could have pulled it off better. Nothing about it made sense. From the fact that Demon's Kid just hops into the ring, then he's out. Then Tirantes hops out of the ring for some reason to lecture the Wagners, who never even jumped in the ring. So why is he lecturing them? The block gets left behind. Demon picks it up. Wagner takes forever and a day to turn around. Then Tirantes hops into the ring, and of course I know you know you ask, does he not look around and see that clearly something has been done here? But it's not like we're calling DQs on this show anyways, so it doesn't really matter. But it was very sloppy how they pulled. It was very sloppy how they pulled off that finish, and I just wish if they would have cleaned that up a bit, it would have been a little better. But I heard from the people who were there live that the crowd was into everything, super dramatic. The people even got emotional during the match, and I mean that's a good thing. You can do this every year at Triple Mania. It clearly shows. People, Wagner's hair is really not that special to anybody, but people still found it emotional. Yeah, I, I think people buy into that into the Triple Mania main event when they have the two big names, which is going to be the challenge for next year. I've been wondering if the, for probably about nine, ten months, if they were going to do Psycho Clown versus Dr. Ragnar. There was no sign of that at all. There was really, unless they're going to hold off Pagano versus L.A. Park for a full year, which I guess is possible, but doesn't seem like a great idea with L.A. Park involved. They really didn't set up anything big coming up for next year. We didn't get a date for Triple Mania, so... Those are all things we got last year. Maybe they just have different plans this time around. Who knows? But um, I thought the the one interesting thing, which I wonder if it went over the heads of most of the audience, is that Cinder Block spot is quite obviously a reference to Angel Demono Curvo incident from last year, where in a different situation, Demonio threw a Cinder Block out of the ring and hit Curvo in the head, which sent Curvo to the hospital, and he has never wrestled again. Um, it was a big deal in Libre, but Demono has was not really. Well, he was like shunned for maybe like a week or two, and now he's under block in every match he does. But this was kind of. It's not the first time a cinder block has been used, even before then. That's why cinder block was part of that before. But it seemed like an obvious reference to one of the more controversial moments of Lucha Libre in the last. Year. Yeah, I think uh, this is basically proof positive that Mexico doesn't give a fuck about you. You got you woke people on Twitter. They're going to do whatever they want. And 
Congratulations. Who would have ever thought Angelo Demonio would have set out the Triple Mania finish, but here we are. Yeah. It, it, it's a better effect that he's had on Triple A than when he was one of the clowns before the cyclical circus, when they, he was a short-lived Triple A character. He had more of a role in this main event than he ever matches he actually that was just so weird it, i mean it's obviously a spot that's over and it was a way to give wagner a the ways to give demon a big win but it was surprising that they went to such a thing but it is triple a there's not really there's there's not really an issue of bad taste it's just whatever works whatever will get a reaction is what they do i um, think you're gonna have to explain the clown reference that you just made yeah you don't remember the very short-lived version of Evil clowns they had before Psycho Clown, where they were all the Poros. No, I, I remember, but but the listeners, I wonder if they'd even know. <laughs> no one knows. This is I, I would have to pull, go pull up a pic, but I don't even remember what their names was. I'm blanking on them. But they lasted about like maybe two months, and then they beat them, and then they just got rid of them because they realized that the Poros are not really that good, and they continue on 15 years later, still wrestling in the. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that you referenced that, but it's true. They were around. They were actually Payaso Corona, oh, yeah. Terror, and something else. I don't know, but Terror and Corona for sure. And they had this is like the alternate timeline AAA that nobody talks about. The one where Uro Rocker of the of the Rockers, the Inferno Rockers group, is actually a big star. But if these clowns would have succeeded, we may not even see a Psycho Clown these days. Yeah, it was Terror, Corona, and Medio. So yeah, that's it, it. It didn't last long. 2007, and then they brought the. I think they brought the characters back in the Indies just to prove that they were not them, so they could face them in matches. But that's very Indie referring. And I don't know why we're talking about this instead of the main event of Triple Mania. The main event that totally overdelivered. I don't know what I'm going to do to rate it because it was such a untraditional match, but it also was one that was must-see as long as you have no issue with blood, because there was so much blood. It was, a, even for AAA, where we see blood a lot, that was a, a massive amount of blood by the end of that match. Yeah, and if you don't like blood, you probably should be listening to this podcast, because it's very heavy in the world of Lucha Libre. I think it'll be a tough, it'll be interesting to see what people rate it. I think as a spectacle, I'll rate it pretty high. It's not going to be like my match of the year. I probably don't even have it as a match of the year candidate, but as a Triple Mania main event, it, it delivered. I think it even over-delivered from what I expected. And I'm glad they didn't go down the generic near-falls route because I don't think t Jr. could have even handled it with the way he was refing this one. Yeah, he, he did not have a strong main event. And yeah, they did something. Doing the CML, Volador, kind of Ultimo Verosal, you know, back and forth near falls would not work for them. They did a good job of doing the match. And they've done this the whole time in this feud. I think this feud, it over-delivered from what I would have expected back in October last year, where they figured out what way would have worked best for them, and they stuck to it the whole time, and I think they got the most out of this. So I think Triple H should be happy with what they did with that. I'm still kind of surprised that there's no clear path for Demon going forward, but maybe there's also the possibility that, you know, Demon could just say, I'm not going to lose my mask, and there's no one else for him that you go in the completely direction for next year. So what do we make out of this post-match? Do, do we think that Wagner's actually retiring, or do we think that maybe this is more build for next year's Triple Mania? He can be like, I'm going to retire in one year, next year, at Triple Mania. So he does a whole retirement tour for a year. And of course, he's not going to retire next year, but could be one of the selling points. It's so hard for me to figure because he was so definite about it. But I've been discounting this whole thing for a week. I've been openly mocking this on the blog for the last like month and a half because he's clearly planning on as if he's going to keep on wrestling uninterrupted from this, even though he, he, I'm sure knew 10 months ago, this was going to be the match where he was going to lose his hair. So I don't know what exactly that all meant. I guess we will start to get clues tomorrow, but I think what's, I think what you're suggesting sounds more likely that he will have a retirement tour, but it's, it, it was just very strange. If that's the case, how, how usually in these situations, there's an obvious out for someone to come back out of retirement. But Wagner's team calmly say that he was retired right now, and that was it. And that was just 
surprising how definite he was about it. Yep. And uh, the one other thing we forgot to mention from the show was they did a ceremony, a Hall of Fame ceremony. This was all in the first hour, by the way, with the Conan promo. So the second match didn't even hit the ring until like 55 minutes into the show. But it was a really nice ceremony. I thought it was very nice of AAA to include Paco Alonso because I don't think I don't think CML for a second would do that for anybody in AAA. Even now with the change in ownership, I don't think Paco would have appreciated it for what it's worth because he's a very private guy and he really hated AAA. But still, the, the gesture is what counts. Uh, the Silver King was, uh, presentation was very touching. Uh, the words from his family, just a, a very well done and simple thing. They didn't go over the top with it. They just kept it. They kept it very short. They kept it very simple, and, and most importantly, they kept it very classy. I, I, they usually they do a good job with those when they do it. The crowd was more respectful than they have in past years. I think they really felt the emotion of Silver King's family when they were out there. Um, I think it was a it was a good thing to do. It was kind of like you said, it was weird that they did so early. Uh, they made a point early on that they were in the Conan had said earlier that they were going to do the first three matches in the first hour and then jump in from on Azteca after that. Instead, what happened is Azteca jumped in right as it was doing a dive in the three-way trios match. Probably not the best time to start the show, but I think it worked out anyways. I'll be interested to see if we get a if we get a range number from this show because it'd be it's it's a long show, but it had a very compelling main event. So this would be the this is obviously going to be the most watched show in Mexico, and I, I just want I'm just wondering what that means. You're on Azteca, what most watch turns out to be. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm going to go back. I heard that uh, Tirantes was fucking awful commentating. Yeah, well, that's, I don't think Tirantes talking for four hours is a good idea unless he's just, he's just ripping people at the end. So um, I'm, prob- I'm definitely going to go back and watch the show, if only to figure out what the Copa Triple Mania rules were and what people that eliminated. But I think this is a show that if for some reason you're listening to this podcast as a podcast far after it ended, this is worth the $5 easily to go back and video on demand right away. Or if you really have to wait through YouTube, I guess you can wait for YouTube, but, or you can really just Google it and find it, I'm sure, by the time you listen to this podcast. I think this was, this was a fun show to see. This was a what I expect to be out of Triple Mania, and most of the matches over-delivered from what it was in Triple Mania. I can confirm that parts of the show are already up on YouTube, so very easy to find. Mexico Mexico fans are usually the first ones to pirate stuff, so very so easy to question, find. The question in the chat room is, what, what was the last Triple Mania was, that was better? Better than this one? This one. Wow. I don't know. Do you have an answer off the top of your head, or do we, do we actually have to look it up and see? I think I actually have to look it up and see. I am not good at remembering all these things. I mean, what was wrong with last year? <laughs> last year had some had some moments that were not as good, I thought. Um, I have to remember what moments were. This is why people think I have a database to help people out, but it's more, I can't remember what were on these shows from last year. Right. Well, right my, my all-time favorite, Triple Mania, is... 2000 and it's either 2006 or 2007 probably leaning towards 2007 and i would put this really high actually this would probably make my top five lester had the bad um mad versus ogt's match where jack and justin got in the legit fight oh yeah yeah it had the the four-way ladder match which i enjoyed but i believe participants in the match did not enjoy that match um, there was other stuff that was old. It was the Shane Strickland where he botched the spot, and then he looked at the crowd like, what am I going to do? And just did it again. And that was pretty hilarious. Um, it also had Jeff Jarrett involved somehow. <laughs> I don't The one before that had the Pagano mustache that ended badly. But that show was good. That show was overall good. Um, was that the one, the Cobra Triple Mania with, with Jarrett? No, that was the one with um, Ellie. No, no, that was the one where people left and came with no particular place. And it did have Jared being drunk, which got him fired from Impact. Um, that, that's they really, had a real... that, that was a great career move for Jared, though, getting fired from Impact. Those things have only worked out from him from there. 
Well, WWE doesn't seem to have any problem with people drinking. So the uh, they had a really rough run from 2009 until like 2013. So you can disqualify all of those. This was definitely a high-end triple mania. I think more so in terms of match quality really carried it. Yeah, this is one where you can dive in and watch individual matches and have a good time, even if you're not watching a lot of AAA. I think from that first match with the young guys all the way to the main event, they did a lot of stuff that I think would be shared by lots of different people. It seemed like it was a mostly positive reaction on Twitter. It was a mostly negative reaction on WhatsApp from certain people who always do not like the show, but I was not surprised. Um, I, I, I think if you do not like the unserious nature of AAA, where they have no rules and everyone can do whatever they want at all times, I think the show would probably really annoy you. But if you can throw yourself in the experience of the weird AAA world, I think this is a show that you like. Yeah, and I think that there's a world where it's good that AAA is like this, actually. Uh, it's one of the reasons I enjoy watching AAA. I hope they never change, and I hope it's always like this. And I think that this would be an entirely different podcast right now if Vampiro would have been on commentary. Yeah, I think we would have spent... This is about an hour podcast. I think we would have spent a half an hour just bearing down. We, we didn't get to do that this time. I think it's very good for Mexico that we have two different promotions that are big time that are so completely different because you get different stuff, and sometimes one works better than the other, but definitely don't see the same thing in both groups. Definitely. Overall, out of 10, what would you give it? Probably like an 8. Yeah, I'd go maybe a step higher, maybe like 8.5, closer to 9 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm really happy. It's not one of my favorite shows of all time, but it's really, it's it's way up there and part of another strong year. Um, so I think that's it for our show. We got this done in about an hour, which is pretty good. If you like what you hear, we will be happy to take donations at co-fi.com slash Lushablog. Um, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. We'll probably do another podcast either during the right show or after the right weekend, probably talking about those shows. But until then, check the website for more. Check Rob's Twitter at, at Rob Viper. Check me at, at LuchaBlog. Thank you for the people who came to the chat room. We had about 100 people listening here at a time, which is more than I was expecting. Um, wow. Thank you, thank you for the people who listen to it on podcasts later on. Maybe we'll try this again at some point. Um, Thank you for the people in the chat room who said stuff to you. Uh, anything else you got left to say? I know that our friend Alan over on WhatsApp wants me to say something on the level of L.A. Park to end the show, but I really have nobody that I'm angry with and want to cuss out. So I guess, I guess no, uh, go ahead. I guess the one thing we say is that if you like AAA and you like what you saw here today, they are back on their next show is this upcoming Sunday. It's not Saturday. It's no, Sunday. it's next Saturday. Is it Saturday? Oh yeah, it is a Saturday show. It's a Saturday. Because I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be at. I'm going to be at uh, NXT. That's right. So they have Puma King versus Laredo Kid on that show. They have Dr. Wagner scheduled for that show. So who knows? We'll actually be there. Um, not all triple. Not all triple A shows are like this, but a lot of stuff that you saw on the show will be on the other shows. Might be worth checking. But until then. Thank you guys for listening, um, and we will talk to you again soon.